Hey guys, welcome back to the casual cast. I know we've had quite the hiatus. I apologize, but man, we're back and we've had some serious, some seriously good MMA in the meantime, in the month of March, man. We've had some, some middleweight contenders rise. We've had some welterweight guys win some big fights. Um, we've also seen a changing of the guard at heavyweight. So, man, we also got a, a really big fight coming up this weekend, and we're going to be covering all that. So, here we go, getting right into it, man. First off, we had uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards. This was Leon's return from a lengthy layoff because of COVID and um, maybe some other stuff. I'm not really sure, but he was out. For a while, uh, fight cancellations, that too, was going on with him. And that happened again with him. He had his opponent drop out, and Bilal Muhammad stepped in and took took on the fight. And uh, props to him, man, because Leon's a tough night out for anybody at welterweight. So they, uh, they fought at the apex, like uh, most of the all events are here lately, and which is in Las Vegas. It's the arena. I don't know if you're watching the fights, but it's the arena, the small cage that they have. It's actually smaller than the normal one. Um, obviously, no fans, just UFC staff and coaches and all that. But I, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm kind of have mixed emotions about the fans coming back because it's like over this last year, I've really gotten used to, I don't know, Maybe the word is like the the intimate experience that the the fight gives with man, no fans, no boo birds, you know, no Ric Flair woos in the crowd. I know people love it, but I've just gotten used to, you know, the sound of the strikes and hearing the fighters talk to each other and then what the cornermen are saying and the fighters talking to DC because they can hear him commentating on the fights. It's just I really enjoyed it. And I personally would not care at all if the fans never came back. And I know that's not possible. And uh, we've actually got an event coming up uh, in a couple weeks that's in Jacksonville, Florida with a packed house. So back to that. It's not in Vegas yet. So anyway, I digress. Back to the fight. So the fight happens. It was a good first round. Um more of a feeling out process than anything. And I would say Leon got the better of the round pretty handily. Um, but for the most part, uneventful. Um, they come into the second round and Leon poked him. And I believe that was the first poke. I think it happened in the second round, if I'm not mistaken, because he got poked twice. But the second time was really, really bad. Um, he got his knuckle way up in there in his eye. Um, Bilal Muhammad literally like collapsed to the canvas. He was crying, which I, I don't blame the guy, Jesus. I think he was crying because he was worried about his eye. You know what I mean? Like 
maybe his dreams are gone because he just lost his, his eye from an eye poke. So, I mean, I get it, I get the emotions, you know, he, uh, he trained for that moment and for that to happen. And in that way, it was sad. It was, yeah, I don't want to say hard to watch, but it was, it was uncomfortable because man, you felt, you really felt for the guy and me personally, I felt for Leon Edwards as well because it's like, man, it's unintentional. It happens in so many fights, but for it to be a really bad one like that. And then the fight ends in a no contest. It's like, where do you go from here? If you're him, you know, he was, he was thinking title shot and I, you know, thought he still was, but the UFC was like, nah, we're going to book you a fight with Nate Diaz. And that was supposed to happen July 10th. Was it the, I believe it was the co-main to uh, Dustin and Connor. But so Connor and Dustin have had a back and forth on Twitter as of late, as far as the donation that Connor was supposed to make to the Good Fight Foundation, which is uh, Dustin's charity. So he was supposed to donate 500000 And so the, how it all started was Connor predicted on Twitter that he was going to win the third fight by front kick um, to the face, obviously, in the fourth round. So, you know, typical Connor type of stuff. And Dustin fires back with, hey, that's a... That's a really uh, fun prediction. You also predicted that you were going to donate 500000 to my charity, and uh, you never did. So then they had a big back and forth with that, which ended with Connor calling him a hillbilly and saying that the fight was off and he was going to fight somebody else on July 10th. So after this happened, the... Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards fight was taken off the UFC's website. So I don't know. It's seeming like they pulled that fight because the main wasn't happening. And also what was interesting about that Diaz Edwards fight was it was going to be the first five round co-main event. Uh, For those that don't know, every main event in the UFC, whether it's a title fight or not, title fights are always five rounds. But every main event in the UFC is five rounds. Unless there's rare occasions where a fight, a fighter pulled out and the guy stepping in said, Hey, I'll do it. I'll go three rounds, but not five. So they'll make it for three rounds. It's rare, but it happens. But they started doing that, man, I'm wanting to say seven, eight years ago, maybe, maybe longer. Um, they started doing that, and it's great. I, I love it. But anyway, the the Edwards-Diaz fight was going to be the first co-main event, non-title fight, that was going to be five rounds. And I was like, hell yeah, sounds good to me. And uh, once again, our hopes have been dashed by the UFC because they seem to have pulled that extremely fun fight. I personally, I think Edwards would have just uh, made Diaz a human punching bag, kind of like... Uh, like Masvidal did to him, but it's neither here nor there if the fight's not happening. So um, I don't know where they're going from there with Edwards, but as far as Bilal Muhammad, as far as I know, he doesn't have a fight booked. Um, Kevin Holland, 
was calling him out, saying he was going to go down to welterweight and fight him. And uh, which brings me to our next fight, actually. Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland happened. And surprisingly, um, Derek Brunson was the underdog in that fight. A lot of people, including Vegas, I guess, were riding the uh, Kevin Holland hype train. You know what? Honestly, so was I because I put money on Holland and guess what? He lost the fight. (laughs) Yeah. So um, he took him down. Brunson took him down almost at will. Really, you know, he had a game plan to expose Kevin Holland and not stand and strike with him because Holland's a dangerous dude. He's got power. He's smart. He's a really good striker. He throws from weird angles. He's got good technique. But, again, uh, Brunson exposed him, took him down pretty much at will, beat him up on the ground. A lot of people would say late on him, but, hey, it's part of the game. If you can't get up, that's your fault, not your, you know, not the guy that's doing it. So, Brunson wins the decision handily. Um, Kevin Holland, you know, got to work on your wrestling a little bit, I think. I think, obviously, he knows that as well. And, uh, well, another thing about the fight, uh, people were mad kind of at Kevin Holland because, you know, he's known for talking during his fights and all this, and it's it's worked for him up until now because he talked the entire fight talking to Khabib in the crowd and, uh, you know, just doing Kevin Holland. Nothing nothing new, but when you're getting dominated like that, you know, a lot of people would say maybe have a sense of urgency about it. So he kind of took that to heart because he fought again in three weeks, three weeks later, but uh, we got another fight to discuss before that. But before we end Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland, so we know what happens with Kevin Holland. He fights again in three weeks. As far as after this Derek Brunson fight, he already fought. But um, Derek Brunson, he wants, and I feel like he deserves a top 10 opponent. I mean, they keep giving him, you know, these uh, these guys that are that are coming up in the rankings. Like, you know, he just, he just beat Kevin Holland. And before that, he beat Edmund Shabazian, which he was an underdog against also. Uh, a young kid coming up, uh, making waves in the division, and he shut that down. He finished it, and uh, but couldn't finish Brun or Kevin Holland. He wanted to, he said, but couldn't get the job done. Anyway, comes away with the win. What's next for him? We don't know yet. And then moving on to the big fight, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou. Two. For those that don't know, these men fought before, I believe it was two years ago. Maybe, yeah, I think it was two years. And, you know, Stipe was the uh, underdog, understandably so, so, because Francis Ngannou is one of the scariest human beings on the planet Earth. And when he touches guys, they go to sleep violently. But that didn't happen in the first round or for, in the first fight to Stipe. He utilized wrestling. He exposed a weakness in Francis's game, took him down, beat him up, got him tired, and then he stood with him and he traded a little bit. He took he still took hard shots from Francis. If you don't know what Francis Ngannou looks like or haven't seen his highlights, look them up. Dude is scary. 
but he beat the monster, retained his title, went on to uh, defend it a few more times, and also lose it to DC. I th- in the next fight after that, he lost his title, but he got it. He got it back from DC, defended it, and then they rematched. And again, Francis looks scary. He, I mean, obviously he's getting better all the time, but the rate the rate of his improvement and how calm he is now compared to his, his fights before where he would just rush guys. Like when he when he knocked out uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike, he just literally ran at him throwing his hands and connected and Rosenstrike went to sleep. But this time he was calm, cool, collected, picked his shots. Was He was throwing body shots. He threw a head kick that he did not telegraph at all that, man, if it would have landed, good Lord, it would have looked like when Krokop got knocked out by Gabriel Gonzaga and his, his leg folded underneath him. Oh, my Lord. But anyway, so they didn't. Stipe blocked it uh, in the first round. They uh, Francis stayed calm. Stipe was staying on the outside, you know, kind of throwing a few things here and there, throwing some leg kicks. Francis unloads a huge right hand, kind of hit Stipe on the side of the head and just pushed his head so far from the impact, but he stayed upright. Um, tried to take him down. It did not work. He ate some shots on the way up. The bell rings. He goes into his, he, they go to their corners, come out for the second round. Stipe gets rocked. He gets, he gets dropped back into the cage, but he's able to get up. A few seconds later, he actually catches Francis coming in. And what happened was, in my opinion, what was he, when he caught Francis, he thought he rocked him. But what happened was he just caught him off balance. So he kind of wobbled a bit trying to get his footing back. Stipe rushes in and Francis hits him with just a short left check hook and puts him to sleep. Um, and like I just said, when Mirko Krokop got knocked out by the head kick by Gabriel Gonzaga, like his leg like folded underneath him, the same thing happened to Stipe. It's weird because they're both like the Croatian fighters in MMA or whatever. So... Yeah, I don't know if I'm the only one drawing that comparison, but like those that watch MMA, like they they know they know the knockout and they know the way that, that Stipe got dropped. It's like, man, that's like almost eerily similar. But man, he flew like straight back onto his back, leg folded underneath him, and then here comes Francis with just a huge hammer fist on the way down, and the fight's over. Obviously, Stipe's unconscious, and Francis Ngannou is heavyweight champion of the world. Man. Didn't want to see my boy Stipe go out like that, but uh, it happens. It's the game, and maybe we'll see. We'll see a third fight. I don't know. I don't really want to, personally. Like, man, I just don't want to see you fight Francis again. Not that he couldn't win, but I just, I just don't see it, man. Francis is uh, something else these days. Scary individual. So, moving on from that, obviously Stipe has to take some time off. After uh, that knockout with concussion protocol and all that, he spent some time with his family. Um, but we don't know what we're going to see from him. But Francis wants to stay busy. He's looking for his next fight. 
Well, John Jones, former multiple-time light heavyweight champion, who I think is the greatest of all time, is moving up to heavyweight. So, obviously, right, that's the fight to make. John Jones, Francis Ngannou. That gives me, like, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman vibes. For real, like, that's a, that's a fight for the ages. But, John, and maybe, who am I to say that he's getting greedy? I'm not him. But he's saying that $10 million to fight Francis is not enough money. Um... So he and the UFC have been going back and forth to the point where John's on Twitter saying, like, just release me, this and that. I want to go to a company that that uh, respects me and, you know, knows what I bring to the table, this and that. So it's been a whole thing. The fight is not made. It's all up in the air. But waiting in the wings is none other than the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Derek actually has a win over Francis, the last man to beat him in what is known as one of the most boring fights of all time. They literally just looked at each other the entire time, and obviously Derek did enough to win the fight because he came away with it. Francis hasn't lost since. And Derek's like, dude, I'll fight him for $8 million. I don't care. He's ready to get in there. That's a fight. I mean, I'm, I think the fans want to see that fight too. Maybe not more than the Jones fight, but me personally, I would love to see that rematch. I don't think it's going to be a snooze fest like it was last time. Man, I hope not for five rounds, but yeah, that's a fun fight. Two of the hardest hitting men in the whole organization. And why not? Why not do the rematch? So after that, this past weekend, we had UFC on ABC, too. Those that remember, the first card that they had on ABC happened in January. It was the first card of the year. And it was when Max Holloway um, put on a masterclass performance against Calvin Cater in Abu Dhabi. That was something, man, reflecting on that, wow. He needs to get back in there. I can't see. Can't wait to see what's next for him. But anyway, so we had uh, UFC on ABC too this past weekend, and it was it was an okay card. I mean, I'm, it wasn't great, but it it was good. It was actually on early. The first prelim started at eleven thirty a.m., so it was kind of different. But I I like that actually. Just in the middle of the day is fine with me. But the main event we had. Uh, Surging middleweight, Marvin Vittori. So this fight was originally supposed to be Marvin Vittori versus Darren Till. Two two top guys in middleweight. You know, kind of this was seen as like a, a title eliminator. You know, whoever wins this one probably gets the next shot at the title. But Darren Till broke his collarbone. So he had to step he had to withdraw from the fight. Who steps in other than the guy we talked about earlier, Kevin Holland? Kevin, Trailblazer Holland, also known as Big Mouth. Steps in against Marvin Vittori on three weeks. So they get in there. It's a good, it's a good competitive first round. They both traded strikes. Um, I would say maybe Holland even got the better of him on the feet, but Vittori got his first takedown in that first round. Probably stole the round with it, and that was all she wrote from there because Marvin controlled the fight from there. Um, 
again, taking Kevin down almost at will, actually in the process, setting a middleweight record for takedowns in a fight with 11. So Kevin got beat up again for five rounds, probably got beat up worse this time. And and that was, you know, it was supposed to happen. You know, you, you step in on three weeks against Marvin Vittori. You just fought. Everybody knows that, hey, I'm going to take you down, beat you up. If I can do that, I'm going to do that. Marvin could do that and definitely did. Um, solid performance from Marvin. He he wants a title shot. I'm not so sure. I'm saying maybe, maybe a fight against Paulo Costa. Um maybe a fight against Robert Whitaker if he if he uh wins against Kelvin Gastelum next weekend this weekend actually um yeah i'm not saying title shot for marvin yet but one away most definitely you know you 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 fight kevin holland on 3 weeks notice you can't finish him i mean it, it's an okay performance nah i'm good on the title shot maybe one more um, and then as far as Kevin Holland, he said he's going to start working with uh, DC, Daniel Cormier on his wrestling. Good for him. Definitely needs to do that. But I think he probably should drop to welterweight. I think he could definitely make waves down there. Um, guys are a little bit smaller, obviously, and maybe harder to take him down because he might be the bigger man a little bit. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty uh, long, so... I don't know. Maybe he'll have trouble with wrestlers for the for the rest of his career, but we shall see. And then uh, moving on, last but not least, this coming weekend, we got Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum. So uh, this is the result of another canceled fight. Um, not canceled, but a guy pulling out. Uh, Robert Whitaker was supposed to fight Paulo Costa, but Costa had to pull. I don't. I don't know exactly why he had to pull out. For one, I'm going to say illness, which is weird because it was a long time ago. But so he pulls out. Kelvin Gastelum steps in. Uh, this was a fight that was supposed to happen originally. I believe that they coached the Ultimate Fighter against each other, but then the fight never happened. And I'm not really, not really sure why, but it never did. So Whitaker's like, "Hey, I owe him a fight, right? So let's do it." Um, it's an interesting fight. Really interesting because both of these guys like to come forward. Um, they both have a lot of tools. I would say, I would say maybe Kelvin's got the edge in the grappling, and then Rob's got the edge in the striking. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see if Kelvin pushes the pace, like what he did against Israel Adesanya. You know, just really getting in his face, uh, landing a lot of shots because he's he's close up he he's kind of a kelvin's kind of like a shorter squatter guy so he has to get in there to land those big shots and he i mean he fought israel all the way to five rounds in a great fight and obviously mma math doesn't work and robert whitaker is a completely different opponent completely different fight but i'm excited to see if kelvin can bring that because he's a guy that just kind of weaponizes pace kind of keeps coming at you doesn't give you a rest, but that doesn't really matter to Rob Whitaker because he's been in there with the literally the elite of the middleweight division and won most of those fights, man. Rob Whitaker is a former champion. He lost his belt to Israel Adesanya not too long ago, 
but he's he's trying to get back to it. And uh, I think he does. I think he does. I think he is the smarter fighter, the more complete fighter. Damn well has better cardio. I I would say. Um, and I think that it's going to be a good fight, but Rob's going to do enough to win. Just I think the fight goes everywhere, really, as far as striking, clinch, to the ground. I think it goes everywhere. I think it's going to be a good one. But I think Rob gets it done maybe more from, I'm wanting to say volume. Volume. Kelvin, like I said before, will probably push the pace, but I think that I think that uh, Rob's going to get the better of him in the exchanges and and get this fight, get this win. So I'm going to say Whitaker by decision. Um, so yeah, tune into that on Saturday. It's a free card, so don't worry about buying it, buying it or nothing like that. Just uh, as long as you have ESPN Plus, you're good to go. Um, obviously. More fights than that, not just that one, but that's the only one we're going to cover. There's a lot There's a lot of uh, good fights on that card, as well as every card. And, uh, oh, one more thing. Keep an eye out for a special edition of the Casual Cast coming up where I'm going to give you guys my top 10 fights of all time. Talk about those a little bit. I was just, I was kind of thinking about, man, been watching this a long time what are what are the you know my favorites personally so i just kind of compiled a list um wrote about them a little bit and uh we'll talk about them kind of discuss them break them down and and this isn't like top 10 fights all time this is my top 10 favorite so i think it'll be fun so join me next time for the casual cast thank you guys for being on this one and uh we'll see you then